welcome to the Curve Thought Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rathlamfo. So for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the big G. And I'm not talking about Notorious, I'm talking about God, yo. Actually, one of the things I wanted to try and do um, initially when I decided to start this was to not necessarily engage too deeply on the topic of God. Um, for reasons which, you know, we're, we're going to talk about right now. But the primary reason which I decided not to do that was because I had made up my mind already about on this topic of God. And it seems, well, that's, I've been trying to have that my point of view amended on this topic, but it seems impervious to such, uh, to such proponents of the God belief as it stands right now. I'm still firmly on the side of there's no reason to believe God does exist. Even if he actually does, there's nothing to suggest that he does in the universe. But anyway, the point is that I didn't want to talk about him too much because I felt like the topic is effectively settled, right? Every now and then you have to throw a bone to this particular contention, but not really too much must be done about it. And in some sense, this is a result of being in an echo chamber. You know, I found myself as I was living my life, um, now, to, a li to, a, to some extent, we all find ourselves in a situation, right, where you congregate friends and friends, acquaintances, allies, the people around you, right, the family that you end up building, the support system that you engage and plug yourself into ends up being one of people that are like-minded, right? And this is for obviously natural reasons. It's psychologically destabilizing to constantly be in a mode of argumentation, right? You want to feel like your views are validated. You want to feel understood. You want to feel like the people around you are on your side, right? There's a tribalistic aspect to what we think about the world, whether we like it or not, but it's there. And as a result, you end up creating, you create a circle of friends which kind of perpetuates this, right? And this is already a problem as it stood. Uh, social media has, and the internet at large has not helped us with this whatsoever because now you can create, you can create yourself a, a, an ecosystem online in which you never have to encounter or engage with an opposing viewpoint towards your own. And for a long time, that's where I found myself in, right? I, I go to great pains to try and not be there, but when, particularly on the point of God, there was a point in time for quite some time now where all that would be around me is people who, you know, shared my viewpoint and the fact that there's no reason to believe, especially in the Christian God, right? Um, or at least theism might not make sense, whether or not deism is a something that can be explored. But anyway, having found myself in that place, um, the importance of religion was wasted on me, right? I kind of forgot what I learned from myself. Forgot about the fact that for a large portion of my life, uh, everything was dominated by religious thought. Everything was dominated by the idea of God, where it was not possible for me internally to divorce the idea of being a good person from being a believer in God, right? And it's easy to forget just how prevalent this viewpoint is within our populace. Easy to forget the fact that for most people in our country right now, in the world even, but for most people at large, if you say the word good person, or if you say the word morality, or if you, say, if you, if you ask somebody what they should do with their lives, right? You, you can't dismiss the fact that all of these questions are in some way linked to a person's belief in God. And it's extremely hard to extricate that belief. Having gone through this 
process myself, I can tell you firsthand how hard it is to go through this while not considering yourself as a monster. Because this is one of, one of the main reasons why people believe is that we perceive belief as a, especially religious belief, as a launching platform into morality, right? Um, this is why you'll even find people who might not necessarily believe themselves, people who are personally not, not at all swayed by the tenets of our religious doctrines, still advocating for them to exist in some way because they serve the purpose of launching people into morality. It's a shortcut of getting you to become a good person without, us ha without you having to go through the extremely uh, deep and harrowing introspection that would be required for you to do this anyway. Um, but then you use religion, you believe the precepts, you come out on the other side, and now you're, you're more or less a good person, right? And we, and we say this. This is how our entire discourse that's structured around religion relies upon the idea that it makes people better, it makes people more moral, it makes people more compassionate, it makes people more loving. That's the basic idea, right? And in many ways, you can see why people get there. Um, it gives one a, you can get a gain a strong sense of community, a, a sense of belonging that might not have been available to you before. You can find yourself in a situation where through, through the religion, you're able to probe or shear away from yourself the parts of you or the desires within yourself that would not be optimal for a good society. And people use religion as a way to get there, sort of like a, a springboard, as you would. But, you know, as much as this is, this is all true, right? That's all 100% true, the things I said right now about the effects that religion can have on people and the way that we view religion. But obviously, obviously, the religious precepts themselves are not. And I don't say obviously simply because I'm some dude who's elevated morally beyond the scope that any of our brethren thousands of years ago could have ever anticipated but i say this as a matter of fact right we know enough about the world to be aware that there's more to it than was described to us in our religious books but that's not what i want to talk about today the thing i want to talk about today is the actual heart of the question the heart of the question is how do you be a how do you become a good person or how do you behave in a good way without god can you be good without god effectively now, the, you know, spoiler alert, the answer is yes, in case you didn't, you know, just want to skip to the end of it. It's yes, cool, if you have the answer, pack it up, go home, guys, it's all good. But if you're still interested, the reason why, <laughs> there's many reasons why, but the first, the first thing I want to explore as to why I believe this is the case is, a question, the first question we need to ask is, is it possible to, can lies ever really can a lie ever really produce something good? Now, obviously, there are situations in which lying is by far the optimal situation, the optimal choice in any given situation. Or believing a lie is probably better than knowing the truth. But on a grand scale, when it comes to the deep question of being a good person, of being a moral human being, could you ever really say that it that a lie that makes you moral? is not in fact immoral that that morality can you ever say that morality that is predicated on a lie is in itself moral i don't think you can and one of the reasons for this is this right so imagine you <laughs> you find yourself in a situation where you've just lost your house um 
you just not like you you're like a modern day job right you just lost your house you just lost your job your wife left you your boyfriend left you um all your friends are cussing you out and you lose your followers on twitter all the bad shit in the world that could happen at any given point in time happens to you in one fell swoop right now when you're in that situation um hopefully there might be one or two people left in your life that could still give you some level of solace when those people come to you and they say hey you know let, let me let's try to cheer you up right the last thing that's going to help the last thing that you want to hear when you're in your awful destitute situation right the last thing that you want to hear about is a fictional is about superman right like if somebody tells you hey man listen don't stress about it you know superman was once traveling to brainiac planet and he underwent these adventures and that helped him feel better afterwards that you don't want to hear that shit or if somebody tells you hey listen um i was once going to the moon and then on the way to the moon i crashed um and when i crashed my entire body was destroyed and disintegrated but you know an angel came down to me and healed me all up and now i'm fine now you don't want to hear that shit as much like you can concoct any given story which might have the desired mood effect right that has all this all the arcs in a particular story that might make a person relate to it and want to feel better but if the person is aware that that story isn't true there's little that you can really resonate with right obviously there's lessons and parallels that can be drawn from stories that's why stories exist and why stories are important and you know conversely why religion is important but you can never really 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 take this into your core and allow this narrative of events or allow this communication to change you on the inside if you don't believe it's true if you are viscerally aware that you're only being encountered with the allegory it doesn't it doesn't change you right it doesn't move you it can it can highlight certain things in your mind but it doesn't who you are as a person and your circumstances stay exactly the same unless of course the thing is you truly believe the story you're being told is true then suddenly that has moral implications above and beyond simply thought experiment implications and one of the other things that we really have to be honest about when it comes to how we've conceived how we've structured this whole conversation about having to believe in a god to be a good person right this assumes that human beings do not know what it is to be good this assumes that morality is a subject which is ever beyond us and there's no possible way for us to even grapple with the question of being moral apart from the constraints put upon us by god right but i don't think that's necessarily the case and i'm a hundred percent sure literally a hundred percent sure that most people don't actually think this is the case themselves and the way to realize this the fact that you you i i guarantee you knew you had an idea about what good and evil was before somebody explicitly told you this is good and this is evil consider the fact of people who will be raised or will be born and raised right into truly the worst situations that humanity has to offer you, you know you're either you're born in you, you're born as you, you spend your life as a child soldier in some militia in central africa or you've been raised as a slave by somebody who's enslaved like by some some guy who's got you in his basement or you find yourself in a situation where you're in a horrendous cult that you've been raised in from birth right the world is replete with examples of people who escape these things right and who come and tell their story to the wider world and they escape them 
without knowing about the fact that a wider world exists. They are simply moved to understand that where they are is not how humans should be living. This is not the way that life should be. Sure, it might be the case for them subjectively that this this is all that life is at this point in time. But that subjective understanding that this is not the all that life is to be, that really should tell us something, right? And one of the ways you can demonstrate this, even if you do hold sincere belief, is to think about the following. Let's say tomorrow, or let's say tonight, whenever you go to bed tonight, whatever time that this is, you go to bed, you sleep, and as you wake up in the morning, you wake up, you're proper, and you act- as you wake up, you get raptured into heaven. You get a genuine encounter with the living God, right? You see God's face personally. You're in his presence. You're right there. And at that moment in time, God says, all right, so clearly I'm God. Whatever test that you would normally use to be certain that this is God, God does whatever you ask and says, simply ask, what it, what, how can I demonstrate to you that I am God? Ask of it and I shall do it for you. You ask it, God does it, you believe as God, then God says, sweet, all you need to do here on out is return to earth. Here is a set of commandments, the prescribed law. This is the actual perfect way to live as a human being. Go forth, spread the word, and um, tell the people how to live. Now, many people would say that that would possibly be the most important day of your life. I would agree. But as soon as you came back to earth, right, Let, let's even assume that you don't even wake up in your bed. Let's say God himself puts you on a flaming chariot of horses. Um, you fly back to earth, what, whatever, the, whatever the case may be, right? As soon as you land here, the primary problem you'll be grappling with is not whether or not you think that God is real now. It's not whether or not you have proof. It's not whether or not there is a good reason subjectively to believe this. No, the thing you're going to grapple with is how to convince everybody else that the set of the set way to live life that I've come back with is in fact the perfect way to live. How do I impart this information towards the rest of the world? And when you try to do when you when you think about this, right? When you think about what you would do if given perfect information about the way that human beings should behave, and now you have to try and communicate this. The first thing you realize is that any conversation that comes, any conversation that begins with you saying, listen, I met God personally face to face in the flesh. Any conversation that starts like that, you realize is basically pointless. As soon as you do that, who's going to take you seriously, right? Who's going to really take your beliefs on hold? Like, sure, there's going to be some people, right? There's always somebody who's willing to believe anything. But across the board, you will struggle to, in fact, tell people, you will struggle to find people who truly believe your message simply by virtue of you communicating your experience. Now, and this is irrelevant, this is disregarding the actual content of the message. Even if when you objectively look at the content of the message that you've come back with, it is, in fact, the best way to live, you still would have to move other people from how they live now into the position where they should be, right? And the way you do that is not going to rely on your experiential evidence. You can't tell them, I experienced this, therefore you should do this. Right? That's not going to work. Okay, so what else do you have to try? You can't you also can't simply tell somebody, okay, compare and contrast. Look at look at the message I have, look at the other message that the world has, 
and you know simply judge for yourself most people unless given very good reasons to will not change because change requires effort change requires time change requires change requires you admitting to yourself that you are derelict in some way and that's not a thing that most people want to be doing so that's not going to work either simply asking people to make a one-one comparison between their lives and the life that you profess should be led um that's not going to work either so what do you do well the way that has been proven to work and religions across the world have employed this method is you have to appeal to something within the human being that is basically there already right think about it when you've never when have you ever heard somebody converting somebody without using the language of good evil better worse life death etc without using concepts that human beings as a whole understand already human beings are really good subjectively at being able to well not not, not at everything obviously we don't we fuck this up a lot a lot but in general human beings are fairly good at being able to pass the language of good and evil because there's something about these things that we can't necessarily tell you in advance right i can't i cannot tell you if i haven't heard if i haven't heard an about an action or if i haven't heard an idea i can't tell you in advance whether i'm going to find that idea to be good or evil right and this even applies to situations where we can let's remove the cultural bias right because obviously different cultures have different conceptions of good and evil and that affects our thinking as well but even within those cultures some things nobody does nobody has to tell you not to do you just this is something that you feel something that you know like you have you ever seen kids playing in a playground sometimes and kids are like some of the worst human beings possible right kids are extremely mean very petty quite violent right but every now and something very interesting happens whenever you watch kids play right every now and then like let's say kids are playing rough arguing someone gets pushed and then they get hurt for real right one of the kids and immediately almost instantly you can see almost see a flip switch a switch flip sorry and you can see the kids suddenly start to care and say oh something happened either they get scared either they get they, they, they start worrying people run away but immediately things change because now everyone is cognizant of the fact that something an action has taken place which goes above and beyond what is normally acceptable even at the child level something has happened which we could deem as you know they might not necessarily gauge it as being evil but it's not something that's good for us it's not something that even the pusher would want right um you have to go to great the, the kid has to keep pushing kids to get to the point where he doesn't care anymore but there is still something about the general atmosphere everyone knows certain things how we know them don't ask me i have no idea we there's an entire field of people tracking evolutionary morality um to see how evolution could have like how we could have evolved our set of morality that, that we have right now but the basic point is that you get to that place of being able to adjudicate between good and evil before you even hear about the precepts of god before you're even ready to truly grapple with what it would mean to live in a universe that is entirely predetermined ahead of time by a conscious creature before then you have a basic working understanding of some level of morality obviously kids are bad at this as most people are bad at this and in society in general has overall increased our moral standing as time has gone on 
we've gotten better at understanding that certain behaviors are never okay, regardless of the just post hoc justifications we have to use for them. I mean, think about the fact that all every every evil action that's ever been committed, with the with the with the exception of let's remove like the the psychopaths and the sociopaths from this equation, but if a person does an evil action, usually they have an excuse, right? An excuse that paints them as the good guy. Most people, when you think about your life internally, you don't see yourself as the antagonist of your own story. You don't see yourself as the villain. Sure, there are people that are, but for the most part, you see yourself as the good guy. And if you do something that, if you do something, right, and you see that people perceive this to be the wrong thing, you will find a way to make yourself the good guy. And you will do this independent of, independent of what else you believe. Independent of where you were raised, independent of your socioeconomic status, there's always a way for you to try and change the world to make yourself good. Even though objectively your actions could be considered as being bad or evil, you, you will use moral language to put yourself in a good light. I think that it might not look like it, but that tells us a lot about the human mind, the human spirit, and what we think about where we are, how we perceive goodness versus evil. Evil is literally anathema to having a healthy conscious experience, I think. As soon as you can see people who take, when you see people who are self-professedly evil and take great pleasure in it and or don't care about it, there's a reason why people describe those people as having a dead look, right? If you're trying to op like operate optimally in the world, you're going to try and make yourself a good person, even if that making is only, as a, only from rationalizations after you've committed evil acts. But again, what this tells us and what this really reveals to us is that goodness versus evil, bad, right and wrong, these are things that are so deeply human, that are so a part of where we are in the universe and space and time right now, just so much a part of us that you, you have to grapple with them first before you even get to the bigger question of whether or not there's a God who authored those particular morals. And this is even if you assume God is real. Even if you have a purely a pure conception of the fact that God is real, authored our morality, authored how we should live in the world, even if you take this completely on hold, you still when you in your engagement with other people, in the way you live your life, you have to deal with that innate human morality first before you get to questions about where it came from. Because ultimately where it came from is irrelevant. Does it really matter at the end of the day whether or not God said it's okay to kill versus not killing? No, because that's, you have to get, you for, the question must first be answered, is it okay to kill? Before you ask yourself, where does this instruction come from? The, the roots of the instruction is really irrelevant. Because the morality in and of itself is what matters. And having a conversation that's based around that morality is, in my opinion, far more productive than first starting and saying, okay, let's define where morals come from before we can even talk about them, right? And this is, this is the, the issue that I usually have with belief, like with most religions, is that we can't even have the conversation about, just purely about morality without having to speculate on so many impossible things that it that disallows us from actually having that conversation about morality. 
if I have to, if we have to spend time first defining whether or not Adam or Eve existed before we can decide whether or not murder is right or wrong, we've missed something. We fucked up. That's not way that that's not how we should be operating. Clearly, whether or not Adam and Eve exists or God existed or how we got this instruction doesn't change the fact that we have to grapple with murder and grapple with the moral implications of it. It do- doesn't really matter what you believe. You can't change the fact that you are a moral being and you will look at the world through your own moral lens. It might be twisted. It might be screwy, but there is there isn't anybody, even the most evil people have their own set of morals. Right. If you didn't like the only the only real philosophical question, uh, I, I forgot which philosopher who it was who said that the only real question is the question of whether or not to take your own life. Right. Everything else is just semantics. I think the only real question is whether or not to take your own life. Everything else is just moral grandstanding, because now you're trying to live in a way by which you believe is the best way to live, given the set of circumstances around you. And no, nobody just like, well, I'm not nobody's out trying to trying to ruin their life. Right. People ruin their lives all the time, but that's not where you start from. That's you're not trying to ruin yourself and the lives of those around you. That everyone already talks about everyone's filled with good intentions. That's why the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Because good intentions is the basically de facto starting point of most human beings. That again, this tells us like if you really pay attention to that fact, it should tell you that those good intentions are present, active, and matter much more than the reason why we believe we have these intentions at all. Now, one of the things, I'm, I'm not sure if any of you were really engaged with the late, great Christopher Hitchens. Great guy. Guy was amazing. One of the things that he said once, uh, or the challenge that he always gave whenever he was in, embroiled in debates, was he would ask people to name, a, name an action that a believer could undertake, a moral action that he could not. Like, really think about that. Can you, as a believer, think about an act, a genuinely moral action, something that is at its core and a, a good thing to do, that somebody who didn't believe exactly as you believe would be disallowed from doing? There were people who tried. There was a couple of pastors who had mentioned tithing, of course. But you can, I could tithe if I really wanted to. It would like be no sweat off my back. I don't want to, but I could. I would consider it to be an immoral action. But if I change my mind, I could. I could easily tithe. But the only person who could adjudicate whether or not that was a moral action, people would say, no, but you didn't do it the correct spirit. You weren't believing properly. Again, that's not... That's not within our sphere of being able to really look at these things, right? But any other moral act, moral actions in my mind are not, morals are not simply things that we kick upstairs to God and say, God will decide. No, morals, again, we are actively involved in moralizing our own lives, the lives of those around us, the world we exist in. Whether we like it or not, people attach morals and va- moral and value judgments to the world itself. And all, within those actions, within that world, there is nothing that you could do as a believer or as someone who thinks that they have the perfect moral understanding of the world. Nothing you could do that somebody who thought differently could legitimately could not do simply by virtue of not believing the same as you do. Now, when you, 
when you think about that, it changes the game, doesn't it? That means that now when you talk about morality, when you talk about goodness, when you talk about the difference between right and wrong, when you talk about the problem of evil, you're not talking in terms of what you believe. You're not talking in terms of how you think the universe came into existence. You're talking in terms of shared human values. You're talking in terms of shared human morality. I have to get, if I, have a, if I think something is moral and you do not, I have to get you to that position, not by appealing to anything else beyond your humanity. I simply have to appeal to your humanity. Sometimes I require a sense of empathy, right? Think about the fact that most people, when you're trying to convince someone of something moral, you ask somebody, how would you feel if X, Y, Z happened to you? If, if all that you required in order to be moral was simply a belief in God, you would never need to ask somebody to empathize in order to have a moral situation. You would simply have to say, well, what does your God say? You're like, just ask your God, man, and then it's cool, it's Gucci. Um, if God says no, then no. But the fact that empathy plays such a vital role in how we like, interpret the world morally tells us that morality is in us, not outside of us. And we have to engage within ourselves, within the rock, within the, the space around us, with the people that we interact with. Because again, an, another way we can think about this is imagine if taking the example of if you woke up having been to heaven, being raptured in the presence of God himself. If you suddenly after that moment were put on a desert island, right, with the perfect law of God, it would count for but basically nothing, right? You would live life, cool, but does morality even matter when you're alone? I don't think so. Morality has basically everything to do with how we treat one another. If I'm by myself and I'm engaging in actions which will have zero impact on people around me, zero impact on other conscious creatures, zero impact on the world around me, if I can do something that after it's done, nobody will ever know I did it or not, um, then the question of morality goes out the window at that case, doesn't it? It becomes a meaningless question if I ask, am I doing a good or bad thing? Like, what does it matter? Because no one is, there's literally nobody for whom these, these words can apply to outside of myself, so whatever. But when there are people, suddenly morals matter. Suddenly morals are important because morals are entirely about how do we treat one another? How do we do things towards and to each other that allow us to operate in the best way possible? And again, there's also, we should really think about the fact that you, it's very difficult to consider a moral action that reliably hurts everybody, right? Can you think of something where doing this thing is objectively the worst possible thing to do for all involved parties and then call that a good thing? Like, really can't, right? And even, even, even within a religious sense, think about the fact that all religions that have existed, with the exception of... No, actually, I think it's all. Like, all religions that have existed conform to the ideals of the people in that religion or in the area where the religion itself spawned. It's very rare, for example, you're not going to find a European religion that's going to spawn around, I don't know, worshipping mealies. I mean, that's not going to happen. Potatoes, yeah, sure, maybe. But, you know, 
a, a religion that you're not going to find a religion in Antarctica or in the Arctic, not the Antarctic, in the Arctic that primarily advocates for spending your time in, in outside the elements away from the protection of your house. You're not going to find any religion anywhere that specifically advocates for continuing to for killing every single person around you including yourself i guess but you know just killing the world you're not going to find a religion like that with followers and people say it's a good one surely yes religions of evil do exist but as soon as as soon as people are doing evil actions right people will be like that's not a real religion that's not a true doctrine why would god do that the fact that you're it's always available to you to ask yourself why would god command such a thing like tells you in advance everything you need to know about where morality comes from about the place in your heart that allows you to be able to consider moral questions we have this viewpoint of the world now where do you go from here the easy place is if you are if you happen to be a believer the first place you go is realizing that not believing doesn't make you a monster it's really shocking just how how much there's a equate an equivocation between non-belief and being evil as if you can never as if but the mere act of not having a belief makes you an evil person but it doesn't because good and evil have little to do with our beliefs surely our beliefs are active in how we interpret good and evil in the world but at, at bottom really 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 at bottom surely there are right and wrong ways to live right whether or not we know the answers that's an entirely separate question but in principle these answers exist and in principle these answers are available to us but the difficulty is when you complicate things by asserting that you already know that answer by asserting that we've already gotten there by asserting that the words of those that came long before us is that's the final word on all moral more moral inquiry i mean the fact that morals morals in the world have seemed to evolve as our capacity for empathy as a human species increases right the better able you are to put yourself in the shoes of another human being the better able you are to make good sound moral judgments because your moral judgments relate to other human beings and as people have gotten better at empathizing realizing that empathy doesn't just end in your house doesn't just end in your tribe doesn't just end in your language group doesn't just end in your ethnicity doesn't just end in your nation doesn't just end on your continent that genuine human empathy is extendable to all living people on the planet getting there or the, the path we've taken to get closer to there we're not there yet but as we go along this path clearly our moral standards increase clearly our conception of what's acceptable in order of, in a, about treating other human beings gets better and it doesn't get better as a result of our beliefs getting better um, our, our beliefs about the supernatural getting more precise it doesn't get better as a result of us having the best interpretation of biblical scripture or the torah or the quran or the bhagavad-gita it doesn't get better simply by us committing more time to prayer it gets better simply by us opening our eyes to the fact that the person next to you 100 k's from you thousand k's from you opposite side of the world to you is just as important as you are and once you get there you realize that that's the first step on the path to being good
and you can get there and you finish this path without ever once even needing to mention the name God. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can like us on YouTube, share on your favorite social media, and most importantly, give us feedback. Tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, and tell us what you'd like to hear in future. But above all, give yourself a pat on the back and continue to have interesting conversations.